Hey, good evening. Gabe DeArmond here with Power Mizzou. Welcome in to State of the Tigers presented by James Carlton State Farm Insurance, our weekly Mizzou show this week. What you guys have been waiting for. We're talking a little football offseason edition. Um, I know that Missouri basketball has not been maybe the most exciting thing uh, for you guys to follow lately. So switching it up, Missouri hired a defensive coordinator. We're going to do a football episode this time around. Uh, Gerard Hamilton going to join us in progress, hopefully relatively soon, having some technical issues. Um, but once those get ironed out, we'll bring Gerard into the chat, put him on your screen, and we'll do a little football talk. Before we get into that, one, want to remind you, as we do every single week to start this show, that you guys need to get in touch with our friend James Carlton at State Farm Insurance. His information is going to scroll across the bottom of the screen if you're watching on YouTube throughout. CarltonInsurance.net. The phone number is 314 961-4800. There's a Facebook page as well under Carlton Insurance. We want you to get in touch with James, ask him some questions about your insurance. I've actually got a meeting with my insurance agent tomorrow morning. You guys should always be checking in on that. Make sure you are spending the correct amount of money, um, which is you know, probably still more than you want to spend, but James is going to do the best he can to cut that amount down. He's going to talk a little Mizzou NIL with you. If you tell him you heard about the show on Power Mizzou or heard about the agency on Power Mizzou, and uh, hopefully he can do good things on both of those fronts. So the commercial to start lasted just long enough to get Gerard Hamilton over the technical issues and onto a YouTube channel near you. If you guys are watching live, uh, make sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe if you're listening on the podcast. I don't know. Do all those things anyway, one way or another. Gerard, what's up, man? How you doing? Gabe, I'm doing I'm doing well. I mean, my computer tried to be the star of the show early on, was acting up. Wants, <laughs> wants to do all the work all day, and then when it's when it's showtime, want to act up. But, Gabe, there's a lot of reasons for me to be feeling well. I mean, Missouri finally got a D.C. Glad – Personally, for us, we just happy we don't have to be on watch. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Every, just whenever it was, just all I wanted to know was just one day I just want to wake up and not have to wonder if it's going to happen all day long. Yeah, Gabe. You know, obviously doing a lot of communication, trying to see what's what, and I'm writing profiles for people who may or may not be <laughs> real candidate candidates or not. Most so. of whom saw the light of day. Yeah. You still there? You still got me? Yeah. Um, okay. So we got that. Oh, no. There we go. We good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're, we're good. This is, um, as far as I know, anyway. Now. But um, there was football. There was football. And you know, you know what day that's – oh, man. Keep going in and out. Good. You're good. I got you, man. So um, – yeah, Gerard's here. He's happy. Oh, um, yes, you guys are happy on. because you guys are happy because we're not talking basketball on this show this week. No personal offense to Drew King, who does a wonderful job covering a less than wonderful season, but we figured it's time to get an off-season edition in. Um, so yeah, I last Thursday sent a couple of texts. I said, Hey, I'm leaving town on Friday at noon. Do you expect anything's gonna be done before then? Was told no. To those people's credit, 
Nothing was done at noon. It was done at about 1220. So about 20 minutes after I left town, Missouri hired Corey Batoon on Friday. Um, and look, I've, I've been fairly impressed with the fan reaction. I mean, most of what there hasn't been like a bunch of, oh my God, how are we hiring a guy from South Alabama? I think Eli Drinkwitz has earned the latitude and the equity from fans that they mostly trust him to make the right choice here. Yeah. Um, just kind of going back off the profile I, I kind of did on him. Um, and I've got some stuff kind of about what you guys should expect to see out of, uh, Corey Batoon in this defense, but yeah, not a, necessarily the high profile. It's not, you know, like when we thought maybe DJ Durkin was going to be it, but he's he had some success at South Alabama. The defense went from a good defense to bordering, you know, an elite defense this past season. Um, so my, I guess the next thought I would think if I'm a Missouri fan is, you know, he gets some, you know, talent, you know, SEC talent, you know, what can he do with the defense? So uh, it's kind of an under-the-radar hire because it's not a big name. It's not a former head coach or one of the young guys that, you know, you hear floated around. But I think it's a, a pretty good D.C. they got coming in. So let's let's start with the one main question I have. And, again, like I said from the jump, I'm not going to judge this hire day one. I don't know enough to say whether Corey Batoon's good, bad, or indifferent. We'll find that out over the next year, two years, whatever. But here is the one question I have going into this. South Alabama's head coach, Kane Womack, was hired as Alabama's defensive coordinator. He was previously Indiana's defensive coordinator. His background is on the defensive side of the football. So I at least do kind of want to know more about was South Alabama's defense, was that Corey Batoon's defense, or was that Kane Womack's defense and Corey Batoon was calling the plays for it? Because I do think there's a difference there based on, on what the answer to that question is. I and I don't think we know the answer. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't have that that answer yet, but that's a a, a pretty good you know question to have. And uh, you know, I, I briefly chatted with Corey this weekend. I'm trying to uh, set something up for the next you know sometime this week to to get him on the phone and get an interview in. Um, or if not, maybe Missouri randomly hits us up and just says we're having a press conference. One way or another, you guys will have something, another thing coming about Corey Batum. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I think for Missouri fans, uh, something they could be happy with. And I was writing this earlier today. It's going to be out tomorrow. Um, the personnel Missouri has fits the four two five, which is something they're a little bit you know they ran in South Alabama, but they also ran the three three five. Um, they ran a good bit of that, uh, bit of that, and they have the personnel to run either or. And there's slightly different uh, differences between them, but again, they have the personnel to do it. So it shouldn't be, again, like most hires, it's about terminology and learning the players and strengths and weaknesses. But that's not something where it's a drastic change as from you know what Blake Baker was doing to what Corey will be doing. Yeah, and uh, Corey Batoon, look, he's he's got some SEC experience. Was uh, player development was was an assistant coach at Ole Miss, so he's been there. He's been everywhere, man. Uh, California, Central Missouri State, Montana, Northern Arizona, Arkansas State, Ole Miss, Florida Atlantic, Hawaii, and Liberty. Then South Alabama, now here in Columbia, Missouri. Um, again, you know, coordinators. I, I think coordinator is the worst job in in all of sports. Because they never get credit unless they're Steve Spagnuolo, who suddenly is, you know, uh, our Lord and Savior walking the earth to a lot of people today. But 
for the most part, they don't get the credit, but they get all the blame if something goes wrong, right? Because the players get the credit, but if something goes wrong, it's, well, our coordinator called the wrong place. We just need a new coordinator. Yeah. Um, sucks for Eric being me. They was doing that man so wrong. <laughs> well, we all know it's big red calling them plays, <laughs> but yeah, they, they don't get, they don't get all the credit uh, um, sometimes. Uh, unless you're in this case, you're, you're Kirby Moore. You do get a lot right, of credit. He, he, for what you do. Fair. So, he got a lot of credit this year. So uh, we'll see. But I mean, Gabe, how do you want to want to break this down? Because I, actually I want to tell you guys how Madden helped me figure out some of my stuff for this story today. Okay. I like that's, See, that's the difference between you writing this story and me writing this story. So, so what's up with Madden? Yeah. So, uh, when I was doing like, first off, let me start. I, I'm not trying to act like a, a guru or that I'd be, I'm a whiz watching the, that's not me. I just try to use common sense, use what I watch from football, read some stuff, watch some stuff on YouTube, and then the Madden popped in. So, basically, I was thinking like 335. Um, I know it's a nickel package. I know it's kind of a speed package. You're, you know, you're trying to play fast, but like, what, what does that really mean? And what do you need? Um, so basically you're going back to having three linebackers, you take off an edge, but a lot of times with that, you can have a, a you know, a linebacker blitz um, from that spot. You know, you may have heard of a Sam blitz before um, they may do a lot of that may have a saw blitz, whereas you know, the outside linebackers doing some blitzing and some helping and pack the, like the purpose of the three, three, five is, Speed and athleticism, um, you can kind of defend around. You can defend the pass, obviously. Also, the shell is covered up. So, when, you know, on offense, we've talked about um, Kirby Moore and them doing the same plays over and over, but they can run so many plays out of that, you know, shell, whatever. Same thing with the defense. And when you come out of 3-3-5, it's usually a cover one or a cover three. You're not giving nothing away because you can run both out of the same shell. So stuff like that is cool. So what I did with Madden was – I was just like, let me let me figure this out. So I went into the practice mode and I was okay, three, three, five, and I was looking at some of the plays and I was you know, trying to figure out what are the positives and what are the negatives. And so like some negatives of a team, you know, runs a lot of sweeps or they run a lot of counters with pulling guards and tackles. It's not that's not ideal because it basically run it's a one-on-one situation with the running back and the defensive backs. And for Missouri specifically, when they've had issues with tackling over the last two or three years, it's not something you want to be in. But the good thing is they rally around the ball really fast. You've got guys who can, you know, do plenty of things. And so also in the article tomorrow, you'll see I kind of jotted down names where you can expect players, uh, you know, what players to be at. Don't take it super serious. If we haven't yet had spring ball, I'm just thinking what ideal body types match which role, you know, or what you can see on the field. So a uh, good amount of information going on in that article tomorrow. So here's here here would be my question about if he if he wants to run three three five and look, it's important to say every coordinator when you ask what system they run, well we're multiple, we want to do yeah that. But, yeah that is everybody will say that. But my question about running a three three five, what I've always and again I, like I've I've rudimentary knowledge here. What I've always been under the impression if you're going to run an odd front three four three three five whatever, you've got to have a large human being to put in the middle of that as the nose tackle in a three-man front. I don't know if Missouri, like you're talking about a Tony Siragusa type guy or 
before Missouri fans and, and Gerard, I know you won't know this name because it's been a few years, but they had a kid named Josh Augusta who weighed in at like 350, 360. He could play nose in a three-man front. I, unless I'm missing somebody, I don't know that Missouri has that type of guy. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not necessarily that type of guy. I could just throw in the names that you can expect to be in that specific spot. And, I'm not saying this as if they're going to – I still have to wait to spring ball and stuff to see, but this is something a package I know they run. Um, what was it during the this past season where they stopped running 4-2-5 for a bit and they had a, a secondary package? It slipped in my mind, but there was something they'd run for a couple of games that they can do. I don't know if 3-3-5 is the new main package or just something they do uh, sometimes, but you know maybe they throw in McClellan there, they throw Christian Williams and stuff. I, But, yeah, I don't know if they've got a – that guy, yeah, maybe, maybe like Jalen Marshall. I don't know. I don't know uh, yeah, enough, but yeah. I, again, we're just gonna have to see a spring ball to see exactly how it looks. But I guess the if you don't have that, that's why you're playing it though, because the edge rushers should be you know versatile, you know versatile enough to you know be able to rush the passer and even sometimes break off and maybe cover. Like you, like know, you could pass. slide Johnny Walker back and be an outside linebacker in the three three five. Pretty yes, and we kind of seen last year during you know doing the four two five it didn't work out that well. But sometimes you see a Walker you know drop uh, you know drop back you know 10, 15 yards and you know try to cover sidelines. I remember even Isaiah McGuire and Trajan Jeffcoat a couple of years ago doing that. So that's something that's always been a little wrinkle. But yeah, you want those guys who are athletic enough to do that, and then your linebackers, Newson, Hicks, Corey Flag. I think they you're probably going to feel comfortable having them out there and. They're secondary. We know they've got a lot of athletes back there. So even if they don't got necessarily necessarily the Tony Saragusa part, they have everything else. They they should be fine. And and again, like I would expect that he runs ever bit as much four three as he does anything else because that's what this team has been recruited to do. So and and those of you who are watching live, appreciate you joining us. Uh, it, Comments, questions in the in the queue, and if you've got questions, I see there's a few already. We will get to them. We generally try to kind of cover, uh, you know, broad ground and talk about what we want to talk about early, and then then kind of get to your questions at the second part of the show. But so if you're Corey Batum coming in here, brand new team, new defense, all that, like, what do you come in here looking at? What Missouri's got coming back and say? This is what I can hang my hat on. This is where I feel good about this defense. Knowing who we know is gone, who's coming back, all that. What what would you if you're if you're watching the returning guys say, this is this is what I lean on. This is my strength. Mm. There's I feel like you can hit at a little bit of everything on each level of the defense. Like you got a you got a vet defensive tackle in Christian Williams, you got Chuck Hicks. Got Joseph Charleston. You got some vets, but you also got some some young guys that you're probably excited to see play. You know, I mean, obviously Williams Winery is top of the list. I'm interested to see what a transfer like Toriano Pride and what Drayden Norwood does in an expanded role. Um, again, we you know spring ball is a month or so away, but I don't feel like I feel like if this defense is, you know, if the down a peg, it's not because of maybe necessarily personnel, but again, you're back to year one, your fourth defensive coordinator in five years with, you know, a lot more transfers and new talent coming in that you've had in the previous two years. But um, 
I don't know. They're just really athletic, and they just come off the Cotton Bowl. They've got to know. They know they got an offense that can help them. I would feel good in that probably starting there. Right. Yeah. I. I think. I. I think what you like is this defense should have four weeks to try to settle in a little bit, right? Because Missouri, I think, should like they have an offense that that I think absolutely should expect to average more than 30 points a game next year um they did that this year you know I, I would think that they would expect to do it next year so the first four games next year murray state buffalo boston college vanderbilt like hmm. you shouldn't yeah. need to have your defense has a month has the month of september to settle in a little bit and to to get its feet under it right. you know install the basic stuff before you get too flashy um I think that the one thing we've realized since the end of last year that I think Missouri, like Missouri lost about the maximum it could have lost on defense. Right. I mean, I guess Chuck Hicks and Christian Williams could have chosen to leave too, but for the most part, like all the guys that we thought eh, could go either way, pretty much decided to go and Missouri's going to be replacing five or six starters. So like the flip side, not, not what you feel great about, but, you come in here and you're Corey Batoon. What's like, okay, I got to find this. Like, this is where I have questions. What do you have to identify first? Cause I, I go, I go corner. I go, I got to know who my two guys are there. I mean, we think we know, we think it's straight Norwood and, and uh, Toriano pride, but like you have to see that in spring football because in, and the reason I go there is, I mean, when Ennis Drakestraw and KAD were both healthy last year, when you can just man up receivers, it changes everything. You and I were texting about that with with the Chiefs. I mean, Absolutely. when you can just stick Duffy and Snead out there and say, I don't really care who's on the other side. You guys take them. I'm going to take these other nine guys and do a bunch of crazy-ass stuff. Like, it changes everything you can do as a coordinator. So I know edge rusher is – I know pass rusher is the thing that most people want, stopping the run. Man, in today's football, give me let me find my two corners and I'll work everything else around that. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's the corners. For a second, I almost said uh edge, but Johnny Walker solidified it one spot. I think right after cornerbacks, though, it's I want to know how good is Williams Winery? How, you know, where does he fit in this rotation? I want to know what Derek Smith has coming from Georgia, um, the type of pass mm -hmm. rusher he is. And how you can, you know, because the defensive line is all about rotations. No one's out there playing the entire game. So kind of just what you got at that second defensive end spot. Um, for another player like Marvin Burks, where does a Marvin Burks and Philip Roche fit in in the safety room? Because they had some impressive snaps last year. Um, no no J.C. Carlisle, you know, so that's that's one thing. But you still got Travez Johnson and Sidney Williams. It's kind of like you have the personnel, but who's who's playing? Who's, who's getting that? So, uh, and and someone mentioned Zion uh, Zion Young from Michigan State, another defensive end as well. That you know, add to that group. And I think when you're talking about a coordinator and a new guy, like here's what I think Blake Baker did best. He came in and man, he fit with these guys. Like like he got along with these guys. He got them all on the. It's not these guys largely don't have some play that nobody else has thought of, or some drill in practice that nobody else has thought of. Right. The biggest thing for the coordinators is just fitting in 
getting kind of everybody on the same page, everybody pulling in the same direction, everybody feeling good about themselves. It's, it's and don't get me wrong, the physical stuff is important. You got to know when to call what, and you got to you got to do all that. But but I think it's a lot of stuff that like we sit here on game day and nitpick coordinators about, well, why did he call zero blitz here? Why did he run and not pass? Why did he do this? And that's like the rest of the stuff we don't see is actually by far the biggest part. Right. Right. And and another question I have is, you know, um, we know Blake's first year, he was talking about how, you know, he didn't, he learned their scheme. They didn't learn his. Um, Is that something like how much of that, goes into this is that something that you know quite a few coordinators do or especially when they're going to a scene that a scheme that's you know already kind of similar or does he still want to add in his things i wonder i want to know how that fits uh you know starting in the spring ball and here's what i want to see that involves Corey batoon next year the most and that that mizzou alabama game is interesting like it's it's two guys who are good friends on the same staff kind of and they won't be going directly against each other but you know, there's going to be a lot of whose defense is better on that day. No question. Yeah, that's that is going to be a that's going to be a wild game. That's yeah, that's a, a that's a built-in storyline for everybody right there. So, uh, so what we're going to do here, guys? We'll I'll go through. We'll answer some of your questions and and kind of talk about what you guys want to talk about. And and I'll throw out here, like spring football is a month away, but look. This is not an every week show. Uh, you know, we haven't really done football much since the end of the season. So off-season questions, you got anything like uh, that that you want us to answer, please throw them in there. We'll, we'll kind of do a, a little grab bag uh, here for the rest of – for the next 20 minutes, however long we we hang out. Uh, Sam says if they were going to go all in for next year, don't you think they'd go for a home run hire? And, I mean, my my counter to that is – how do, How do we know, know Corey Batoon's not a home run hire? Like, nobody thought Kirby Moore was a home run hire, man. I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. Some people did because, like, it, it does. It wouldn't have mattered who they hired. They hired an offensive coordinator. He put a shirt on that said Missouri. And so some people are predisposed. That guy's amazing. I love him. Everything's great. But nobody knew that, that Kirby Moore was going to be as good as he was last year. So, I think the important thing when you're hiring an assistant, it's not name recognition. It's not winning a press conference. You just got to find the guy that fits with, with your team and with mostly with the head coach and the defensive staff. And look, I don't, I don't know that Corey Batoon was Eli Drinkwitz's first choice. If I had to guess, I'd say he probably wasn't, but that doesn't mean he can't be really good. Right. And um, you kind of took the words out of my mouth as far as just like the flashy hire. I mean, we've seen, We've seen some some you know high profile names or you know people that coached in the NFL or you know they had you know great tenures in college football and it doesn't work out just because you got a name that doesn't mean that's going to match up to what's with the program today. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of take that out of it. And so yeah, who knows if Corey Batoon is a, a home run hire? He's not as flashy or a big name, but in a way, I kind of feel like that fits Missouri in their. No, they got that underdog type thing in them. That that's something to prove thing. Like that fits everything they're about. You know, mm-hmm. getting a guy who's not coaching at Alabama or whatever Power Five, SEC or whatever you want to do. You know, school, bringing them along and still being able to have a really good defense. Uh, Jason asks, how many position coaches Mizzou has to replace at this point? Because they've hired Batoon, it's only one. So 
Gerard, I was looking at, his, at Corey's bio on the South Alabama site. All the South Alabama site list is assistant coach. So yeah, do we I, know like what position he's worked at with at so, these places? Right. Um. So, yeah, he's done a lot of defensive back work. It, you know, it's just a defensive back. He's done a lot of work with safeties. And when okay. Missouri was taking out their graphics and stuff, it just said defensive coordinator. But I feel like it's a situation uh, – it's similar to what he's going to coach the safety. Because when I asked Blake during uh, the Cotton Bowl, I remember Drink told us early in the year, like, yeah, it's going to it's going to be me. It's going to be Al. It's going to be Blake. We're going to be helping special teams. And I remember asking Blake something about special teams. And he was like, well, yeah, I was supposed to. Then I didn't. <laughs> then I didn't. Like yeah. sometimes people say that there's a title and maybe they don't actually work. Or, or sometimes it's kind of just implied. Like mm-hmm. defensive coordinator, he has tons of experience with safeties. He's going to coach safeties even if it's not – you don't want his job title. Right. And so basically they have one more position coach to add. Now, Kevin Peoples is the guy that's gone. He coached the defensive ends last year. So logic tells you they're probably looking for a D-line coach or an edge coach. Um, but look, if they want to hire somebody to coach something different, like there's nothing that says that Al Davis can't coach defensive tackles and defensive ends. Like, you get right. 10 defensive coaches and here's the thing or 10 assistant coaches. And here's the thing, guys, these guys all know football. It's all fo- like I know college coaches who have coached on defense the entire time. And then all of a sudden they just go somewhere and, Hey man, we need a running backs coach. And he coaches running backs. Like they know all the positions. So they're mostly recruiters and yeah, they're mostly recruiters and motivators and things like that. Again, it's not like they're going to find it. It's not like Kevin Peoples took with him this book of, of hey, I'm going to teach the defensive ends these drills that nobody else in America knows. It. No, that, that that's not it. So it, theoretically, they're looking for an edge coach, but it could be just about anything. Exactly. Like I always laugh at, at these places that have inside and outside linebackers coaches. I'm like, you run a 4-3, dude. The inside linebackers coach, yeah, so he just coached one people. dude? Yeah, he just hangs out at dinner with Chad Bailey every night, and that's it. That's it. Just with Chad and Chuck, just them three right. every night. Right. So, so you know they'll they'll make it work, but they they've got one opening on staff right now. Whether Corey Batoon knows somebody, whether they wait till the spring portal opens to fill that, and just oh hey, magically like look this this guy coaches a guy we like, maybe we could add him. You know, um, plenty of ways to make that work out. Speaking of the portal, Connor wants to know how many more they will add in the portal. So I think we're down. Like they're not going to add anybody else till the spring window opens, which is April 15th. I think we're mostly down to the point where you're looking at who leaves and how's that affect the numbers. Like I think, you know, interior offensive line is a possibility. Cornerback is a possibility. Um, But for the most part, I think it's, okay, what do we lose after spring ball? Then let's go try to maybe replace that. Yeah, I feel like it's probably at the combo. I'm I'm getting stuff mixed up. But I feel like Drink didn't say too long ago, like, at this point, it's not too many of a we need this. It's best player available and kind of just what you said. If Does someone leave and we need to fill a hole? Um, I can't think of one right now that is just like, Oh my goodness. And I feel like last year at this time or going into spring ball, we still had like center center and maybe right or left guard or something like that was still pretty high up on the list. So whatever comes, comes up, I guess. And 
Yeah, you, like you got to see what happened. Like I thought it was pretty interesting that Drinkwood said a couple times on signing day, like we're going to get through spring ball and see what this position looks like, which not only means, hey, we get a look at what we have, but also, hey, weird things happen. What if all of a sudden you have two or three guys from one position transfer out after spring ball and then you need some depth, then you got to go hammer that position, whatever position it is, you know? So I think, I think they're more – that's a good spot to be. I think it's more – reactive to what happens which means you feel pretty good about what you got like I don't think Missouri goes into the spring portal window thinking we need to add a starter necessarily at any position right this, this is kind of what drink was talking about you know in the second half of the season as far as like more of so if we're telling guys if we can take them or not not so much more scouring the world trying to see if we can fill a position of need with you know such and such late so yeah they're in a they're in a good spot um, I'm posting this cause I legitimately don't know if this is a joke or is, if it's serious that Mizzou has listed a D line coach on indeed. Like, I don't know, man, if it's a joke, it's pretty good, but you never know. I don't have an indeed membership. I'm not, I'm not job hunting these days. No, but I don't know, Gabe. I think it's, I think it'd be funny if Gerard under 200 pounds. <laughs> Just I'll, trying I'll, to get out there as an edge coach and tell Williams Winery, hey man, how you know, I, I was just gonna you. say I'm gonna go on LinkedIn and see if it's there, but Freeway Jared said it's there, and Tobacco says it, it's actually on Indeed. Oh man, well, see. Gabe, I guess uh, I gotta. I don't know how I'm gonna finesse the resume for this one, but I'm gonna go in there and tell Williams Winery this is how you get that leverage. I, I'll tell you what, if you can manage to get that job then you should make enough that you can kind of just freelance for me. And man, we're going to have great information. So oh, man, we, we can work that out. Be late. <laughs> so you get, you get that LinkedIn profile up to date. You send, uh, you send Eli the, the, the resume under like hurrah Jamilton and, and we'll see what happens, man. <laughs> um, 100% Mo wants to know how much does cornerback cost? I mean, I don't know. Like the only position that I know that like it's there's a big, big price tag, obviously, is quarterback. Now, hey, I mean, you can figure out prime defensive end, gonna cost you some money. Prime offensive tackle, gonna cost you some money. I would say cornerback is probably fourth on that list as as far as yeah. you know what guys are what guys are asking for out of the portal. Quarterback, defensive end. What else did you say? Offensive tackle. I may say, depending on what the type of receiver it is, it, depending on what level receiver, uh, they may be able to slide in that top three or four. But yeah, cornerback is is up there if you guys are one uh, a special guy. But I think with this cornerback group, I don't know. When I think about it, I don't, I don't necessarily see Ennis and KAD on the roster. But I also don't think odds. Oh, it's going to be a bad group. They still got some. They got some solid corners on, on the roster. It's just there's a few young ones on there, and you want to see how they develop as well. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, like, they got enough guys. We just don't know exactly who the guys will be. Stuart West wants to know two-headed running back situation this year. Yeah, I think – I mean, I don't think you go into the season necessarily with a clear number one. Somebody asked me what I thought the depth chart would be entering fall camp. And I think I said Marcus Carroll one, um, Jamal Roberts two, Nate Noel three, 
and Kawan Lacey four, which could be different if Kawan Lacey's here for spring football. If he's here for think, spring football, he could work his way up, but I don't think he is. He's not. He's not. Um, I think I have Noel and and Roberts flipped. Um, but it very well could go that way. And I wrote in in a column like maybe a week or two ago about I think Missouri fans should be excited with the running back room. Like they've got some some talent, and if you've got Noel, like he he may very well be the fastest back on the roster. And then Tavoris Jones, he's got speed too. Still kind of a thing of putting together and seeing if he gets some snaps. Um, and um, you know we don't try to kick people out the door, but is that a guy who you know after spring ball? Does he not, you know, want to be here or whatever that situation is? But they've got a pretty good roster in the Kawan Lacey. His highlight tape, I was saying, like, man, this is – he's – they've got something. And same thing with Jamal Roberts. Like, they're built evenly. Like, I I said something like they could be – like, it's usually a smash and dash combo. It's a smash and smash combo. But at the same time, they're fast enough to be a dash and dash combo. Like, they've got some cool prospects. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of highlight tapes, but I watched Kawan Lacey's. I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of like this one. This one looks pretty I good. Really um, that guy can go. The, can the go. reason I put Noel number three is he strikes me as like the third down back. He strikes me oh, as a guy yeah. that he's not an every down guy necessarily, but he's got a specific role. Um, and Connor brought up the same point you did. Kind of surprised Tavoris Jones hasn't entered the portal. So I think there's a couple things to remember. Here. First of all, there is a spring window, right? So. A lot of these guys are going, hey, I want to take a shot at – I'm going to bet on myself and prove myself in spring football. And I think I'm going to go out and earn some carries. And so maybe that happened. Maybe he has a really good spring. The other thing is, like, guys, from the outside, all we do is look at playing time, right? We're just like, well, this kid's not playing, so he got to go. But these are 20-year-old kids. Maybe he just loves being on this team. Maybe – he got a girlfriend in Columbia. Maybe he really likes to eat CJ's wings and doesn't want to leave that. I don't know. But like uh, my, my whole point is all we look at is playing time. And we say, well, if a guy's playing, why would he ever leave? And if a guy's not playing, why would he ever stay? But there's a million different things that go into it that obviously we have absolutely no idea um, what's going on. Um, Freeway Jared, always a good way to get uh, to get your question on here. Toss us a little super chat. We appreciate that. Uh, wants to know for Gerard, how is it interviewing players? Are you at the age where uh, you're still cool, or, or are you OG Gerard yet? <laughs> no. Um, um, for one, interviewing players, it I was never really nervous about interviewing players. You. Like through internships and stuff, you talk to like, you know, some famous guys who kind of come to your internships and stuff like that. But I've always found it if I'm prepared, I'm never nervous. I'm usually prepared. So I it's cool. Um, and am I at the age where I'm an OG? No. Um, and I use that to my advantage. I'm my birthday's Super Bowl Sunday. So and you know, the cheese plant, I gave that's a perfect gift. Now you know, but we'll keep that to the side. But I'm about to be 25. I kind of use that to my advantage that I'm still not that much older than them. And that's a different type of conversation that, you know, than other reporters have. So I use that to my advantage that I can kind of relate to them instead of making it all formal and stuff. Other reporters are not talking about anybody specific. Not a legend like you, Gabe. Not a legend like you, Gabe. Just the other one. Because you you do a lot of heavy lifting. But, like, no, Gabe does a lot of heavy lifting. But see, uh, in D-Rob one here, 
I could take pride in right. <laughs> pride in exactly. that one Exactly. Hey, man, and and like for real though, when like when when the job is talking to college kids, it's it's been a minute. Like I've I've got a college kid, you know. I'm 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 happy to have someone like you know, I gotta I gotta send interviews. I do, I gotta send them to Gerard say, no, what the hell's this mean, man? I don't know these words. <laughs> you oh, know, so. Stuart West says he has socks older than you, so uh, I, I believe <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young guy, not not even a quarter yet, so uh, I believe it. All right, totally, Trav. Do we think Courtney Crutchfield is going to get some playing time with this receiver room? I, I mean, I think it's certainly possible, but like, is he going to come in and get starters reps? Certainly not. But look, we saw we saw Marquise Johnson get on the field some last year. We saw Daniel Blood not redshirt. We saw Josh Manning not retro. I mean, receiver is a place where they can find you some reps. And and, and especially, sure. like, I think a, a big part of the issue last year with some of the backups was Missouri didn't blow out teams early that maybe you thought they were going to blow out. Like, so they didn't get to play as many guys against South Dakota or Middle Tennessee as they probably expected to going in. So if you can go out and get up, you know, 38 nothing on Murray State at halftime, then, hey, you play a lot of guys in that game. At the same time, I also get though, you know, those first four games, you want to use that to rep up for SEC play. Or some, you know, maybe there's some stuff you want to try with the guys you got. Um, do I think Courtney gets playing time? Like Gabe just said, it may be a, a Daniel Blood, Joshua Manning thing because we got a that's a four star and a, and a pretty good three star right there. Who at the end of the season, Kirby Moore is saying, I'm trying to find ways to get them on offense to get them some reps. So Courtney will still have to climb, you know, a little bit of kind of a hierarchy or whatever, but that doesn't mean he can't play. And he's a, an impressive player for sure, but they've got a loaded wide receiver room, which is a good problem to have. So Right. And they, they got James Madison too, you know. So yes, it's same thing. Another four-star guy. And, and they got Theo Weeson, Mookie Cooper. But, like, they're bringing back the top – basically every receiver who caught a pass off a receiving core that was, was pretty damn good. And Magic Man is asking, is Josh Manning the forgotten wide receiver? I mean, he just – he played some this year. Played on special teams, got a few snaps, didn't get a pass thrown his way. But, you know, you would expect him to get a few more reps this year. And, uh, like, look like anything. Yeah, I mean, it's possible one or two of these guys transfers out at some point. I mean, it's a, it's a simple numbers game. Right. And and I know you guys may be asking how, like, how does someone like a Marquise Johnson fit in? When you got to be like Marquise Johnson, and you, you kind of carve a role you for in. yourself. You, you carve a role for yourself. So that's kind of how that three-star guy could kind of, elevate himself out there but like Gabe said yeah some some of the guys may transfer out but that happens when you're doing well you're recruiting well people want to play for you but sometimes they get here and they realize like I don't know if I can play for you you know and you know what sometimes if you're pretty fast and you manage to get behind defensive backs sometimes you too can play in back-to-back Super Bowls for 14 million dollars a year despite only averaging two catches a week you know uh, there's a there's a market for that skill set <laughs> so uh, you know um oh, Stuart West asked if Makai Miller is transferring out no he's not in the portal I've seen no indication that he's transferring I mean again anything can happen oh, in the spring one there is another Makai Miller at uh oh, New okay. Mexico or, or something like that that yeah. I feel like I've seen about that so I think it was the other one yeah, there were a couple guys on our uh, on our board who posted Makai Miller transferring it when it obviously it was spelled differently. Uh, so yeah, um, Ted Danner wants to know if Winery is an early enrollee. Um, and no, no, 
He is not. And I, I, I don't, no offense, Tad. I, I want to be clear. I'm just making a joke here. I cannot wait to see all the different ways that Williams Winery's name is going to be spelled here over the next three to four years. It's going to be absolutely and pronounced, none, no less. Oh, yeah. Like, <sighs> like he strikes me as a guy that, like, even Eli Drinkwitz or Corey Batoon during press conferences is just going to call him Will. Like, they're not even going to try the last name. Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever his number is, five. So, yeah, we'll tell him five with this. Yeah, five yeah. had good practice today. <laughs> So, um, yeah. Um, so I think we've, we've, we've caught up with most of your guys' questions. If, if you've got a couple more, feel free to get them in while we're, uh, while we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, I don't know, man, it feels like, it feels like it was every day for about five months. And then it feels eerily quiet lately. It's been all right. I don't hate it. Oh no, it's, it's beautiful. I was, forgot who I was telling, maybe it was true, but like you're every day you're writing something and you're on a schedule. And then like now some days I write an article and I could finish in the morning. And then I think like, geez, that was a lot of work. I need to relax, <laughs> I need to relax for a little bit. <laughs> Knowing that during the season, two or three articles, I'm moving around. So I'm, I'm in, I'm enjoying it, but I'm just happy. Dude, to especially when, cause like last year's off season, I mean, it started on like November 19th cause they wanted to have a bowl game before Thanksgiving. So that got all done. And so the season was over early, but also there just wasn't nearly as much excitement. So the season was over so much sooner and it, you weren't like, you didn't feel like you were going hundred miles an hour all season, maybe during that first season, but this year there was so much more to talk about. And, it was like you got to the end of the season, and here's what I found about the offseason. Like the first month or so, you're like, oh, dude, I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to watch this episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the 19th time, and I'm just going to relax. And the, But then you get – after spring football, then you get into like May, and you're kind of like, dude, I feel like I haven't worked for a long time. I need to start doing something again. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to let that – I'm going to let that come when it comes <laughs> because I feel like just this past weekend – I feel like I finally got back on my sleep from the Cotton Bowl because it was Cotton Bowl. That was a month play. ago, man. I'm going to tell you why. It was the Cotton Bowl, and then when I got back from the Cotton Bowl, I was sick for a week, and then I went to go visit my dad. And then kind of this D.C. watch, I've been, I've been trying to keep myself active and, like, doing as much little detail digging as – so it's not as bad, but, like, I feel like I'm 100% back. It took me a minute to to get back, and now that this is behind us, I can enjoy and enjoy all the sleep I want. Good deal. Um, all right. So we got a couple to finish with. Fun question. Where would you like to see Luther Burden draft? He knows the I answer mean, to that. I am usually against this. Like, I, I hate so much that, like, every Mizzou player, Mizzou fans are like, oh, the Chiefs need to draft. Like, I saw Chiefs fans saying Chiefs need to take in this rake strong. No, if Refuge takes a cornerback in the first two rounds of this draft, he should be fired that day. They, they're good there. They don't need a cornerback, but Luther Burden, I'd be thrilled to see him to be, as the Kansas City Chiefs first round draft pick in 2025. That would be awesome. And I said, totally, Trav, you you know the answer to that because you did. But in another way, I kind of get where Gabe is going because I'm not going to lie. And a player to be unnamed, but let's just say at some points this season, there was a certain player Alone. that y'all are fond of that I will tell Gabe, hey, man, he better tighten up. I don't I don't want to have to dislike one of y'all boys now. So in a way, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know if they should get a Missouri. I don't want you guys on my back. But once they go to the next level, 
and I'm watching as a fan, like y'all. Right, right. You it, like that? That's the funny thing to me. Like a, a lot of people who are college football fans first, like watch the NFL. They're like, uh, you know, I don't want this guy on my team because he went to this college, dude. If you're good, I want you on my team. If you're bad, I don't want you on my team. And that is regardless of where you went to school. I will I, I will cheer for a guy that went to a school that I absolutely never want to win a game once he joins my team. It's all just laundry, man. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like if, if they go to Missouri and then they play for the Chiefs and they're not playing well, I'm the type to say, hey, this guy, I need him to do better. I need him to do yeah. better for them. This this is not Mizzou related, but it's my favorite nickname I've seen. MVS moderately valuable sandbagger. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Stuart, hit me up, man. That's going to get you a free month on the site. Email me your username. I'm going to hook you up with that. Um, okay, there's there's a question I'm going to save for last. Uh, so we're not going to get to that one quite yet. How many Mizzou players get drafted? All right, so. Ennis getting drafted. Darius is getting drafted. KAD's getting drafted. Pretty sure Hopper's getting drafted, right? Yeah. Carlisle's getting drafted. The the what I would did you see he did you see he checked in at 6'3, 230 today? It's kind of big for him. At the Shrine Bowl. I I see I didn't I seen the notification, but I was doing some work earlier when I so I didn't yeah. click on it. But 6'3, 230? I think it was 6'3", but I know 231 pounds. Yeah. If Does someone not try up, to move him to linebacker? Right, right. If he can put up a good 40 time, somebody might want to play him at outside linebacker. Sounds like a Keanu Neal situation to me. I, I know where that's going. So, I mean, Like, yeah. like if he runs well, I can see him. I, yeah. I think he's got a shot. Um, He can be drafted if we're doing the measurables thing, but I'm not going to lie. His tape. Just sometimes it just was like uh, left something to be desired. And Javon Foster is going to get drafted. Five Mevis depends how how kicker needy some teams are. I I feel like I feel like undrafted free agent, and I feel like a kicker doesn't want to be drafted. Man, kicker, you want to pick your spot because there's only 32 jobs. Like nobody's keeping a practice squad kicker. You know, sure. Um, so I. Over under five and a half because I'm pretty sure we feel pretty good. Five guys are going to get drafted. Is there anybody we're missing here that like has a shot to get drafted that we haven't talked about really? I, I can't think off the top. I don't. Of my head. Well, Xavier so. Delgado. Xavier Delgado, yeah. Um, so I would set the under five and a half, six and a half, right in that range. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be a good year in the draft. So, all right, here's the one I'm saving for the end, and I feel bad about it. Because he's not here to defend himself. Who wins in basketball first, Mizzou or Drew King? Drew was telling me he had a bad day last week. So, how oh, he was, Drew was all right. Um, who wins at Mizzou or Drew King? Well, we so don't. For reference like, sake, Mizzou, Mizzou plays Arkansas at home tomorrow night or Wednesday night, and they play at Vandy on Saturday. So, like, they should get a win by the end of the week, at least one. Well, considering we don't play basketball as often, Mizzou should win one of those games. Okay. Um, now, even if we – just because I've seen this question, even if we play basketball every single day this week, I would make sure Drew does not win. It's the last thing I do just for you, Freeway. 
<laughs> all right so we've gotten it all in guys dc talk spring football talk nfl draft talk and slandering poor drew king who is listening to <laughs> tiger talk right now drew that was free way jared and gerard hamilton i had nothing to do with this i respect your game he saved it for last i don't know gabe i'll send something to the group chat that he said he could have just let it be there but he decided to save it for last don't let him slide drew well i, I was hoping that maybe some people would have quit watching by now you know, so uh, no, 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 no. We got we got good audience retention, so y'all saw it. So, uh, but seriously, thanks for hanging out. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, hit all the buttons on YouTube and and all that. Uh, share it on social media, and get in touch with our friend James Carlton at CarltonInsurance.net three one four nine six one forty eight hundred. You get in touch with James. You mentioned Power Mizzou. First of all, he's going to talk to you about Mizzou sports a lot. Second, he probably make fun of some people on the on the message board. And third, he's also going to hook you up with some uh, thoughts on helping out Mizzou's NIL efforts. So thanks for joining. Um, yeah, Drew King yeah, wait, yeah. One more thing before people kill us. Cody Schrader, he's in there. Sorry. Oh, Cody Schrader's I, I, consideration. All right. So, yeah, I, we set the over-under at six and a half. There you go. There you go. Six and a half, we'll set it. Um, so thanks for joining. Um, Drew King and I will be live after basketball on Wednesday night, talking a little Mizzou, Arkansas on the Yingling postgame show. Um, who knows? We might be with the other times. Uh, we'll see how things go um, when they start spring football, all that. So talk to you next time.